0: All right, kids, we're going to let you go to Children's Church this morning, okay? And we are still allowing, parents, it's totally up to you, but we're still allowing and inviting the children up through age 11 to come to Children's Church. We're working on some Christmas songs now uh, for Sunday, December the 22nd. And so children up through age 11, basically all the children who aren't in the youth group yet, all right, you're welcome to go to Children's Church. And if you're standing here, let's grab our Bibles and go to Luke chapter 2, at least to get started with. Luke chapter 2, and I'm sure over the next month, whether it's dad in the pulpit or me or somebody else, we'll probably be in and out of the Christmas passages quite a bit. And so we're going to go there for a minute this morning. Luke chapter 2, verse number 8. And I, I was going to say, I know you're like me, but I hope you're like me in that the Christmas story is one of those stories that never grows old to you. And every year when you open it up again and you read it, whether it be the first time or the hundredth time, uh, man, it's a story that never grows old. As, you know, there's a Christmas cantata that uh, sometimes, I think it's even been done here before, it's the greatest story ever told. And that's the truth, right? There's some stories you just love hearing over and over again, and this one is one of those for good reason. Luke chapter 2, look down at verse number 8 with me, all right? Luke chapter 2, verse 8. It says, There were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be... To all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. In verse number 10, the angel is very personal with these shepherds, isn't he? He says, unto you. Verse 11, he says the same thing. Verse 11, for unto you is born this day. But look at the end of verse 10. He says it's unto you, but it shall be to who? shall be to all people a gift given to us that's meant for everyone. Let's pray, all right? Father, we love you, and I pray that you would guide in these next few minutes. Lord, you know what I plan to say, but Lord, I pray you'd lead me and guide me in these next few moments. Help me to say only what you'd have me to, and nothing more, nothing less. And may we all be different. Lord, and I mean that. May we all truly be different make choices and decisions to live more like you after these next few minutes than we did yesterday. And we ask for your help and we thank you ahead of time for it in Jesus' name. Amen. We are in the midst of, uh, in American culture anyway, I don't know about the rest of the world, I'm I'm certain part of the rest of the world is not in the midst of this cultural uh, situation, but we're in the midst of what they call Black Friday weekend. How, how do you call something Black Friday weekend? I mean, Friday is a day, and yet we're on Sunday, and yet you're still calling it Black Friday weekend. But uh, Okay, so here's confession time, all right? How many of you have been shopping since Thursday? For, let let me, let, me, let me rephrase that, all right? I've been shopping since Thursday, but I have not been looking for Black Friday deals, not that there's anything wrong with that. How many of you have been shopping for Black Friday deals since Thursday? You don't have to be ashamed. It's okay, really. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's amazing, really. Um, I, I was told this, and I assume this is true. The reason it got the name Black Friday is this, is this is the time of the year when stores are hoping they can get out of the red and get into the black. If they can sell enough uh, stuff over this weekend between now and Christmas. And we all understand. And by the way, I'm not here this morning to be the cosmic killjoy of Christmas and giving gifts. I think it's a wonderful tradition to give gifts because of the greatest gift that's ever been given to you and me. But it's pretty unbelievable when you really stop and think about it. It was estimated that on, now now of course now when they give you statistics and say Black Friday, I don't know if they're talking about Thursday or Friday or Saturday or Sunday, but it was estimated that on Black Friday this year, they broke all kinds of online sales records. They sold something like $7.4 billion worth of stuff online on Black Friday this year. Uh, Stores, of course, were down, but but still sold unbelievable amounts of of items. It's estimated that tomorrow the FedEx organization will ship 26 million packages and hire 20,000 seasonal workers over these next few weeks to try to get that done. Uh, It was something like 600 million Christmas cards will be shipped, which again, all these things are wonderful expressions of love and care for someone. Gift-giving season, that's what we're in. But if you're like our family, um, you get to a point where, and maybe your family was like this, ours was, as we were growing up, you, you know, you, you start off giving gifts to everyone, you know, all your brothers, all your, your sister, your parents, your grandparents, and then you start having children, and they start having children, and your cousins start having children, and all of a sudden gift giving becomes very expensive, right, unless you're going to, to get them the dollar, you know, the dollar bag of candy at the dollar store So I guess we could do that. But gift-giving became expensive for our family. What we do now a lot of times is we draw names out of a hat, at least one side of the family, and just focus on one person giving them a gift. But have we ever stopped to consider that there are gifts that we can give, and not that we can give, but that we should give at Christmas that cost us nothing? In fact, they cost us nothing but in a very... very much in reality, they're actually worth the most. Gifts that we were given at the manger, and God asks us to give to, as we just read, verse 10, to all the world. Free gifts don't cost a single dollar, a single penny, a single cent. And I want to talk to you about some of those free gifts this morning. What makes a gift a, a, a perfect gift? Because that's what people at least... Probably two things people are looking for at the Black Friday shopping deals, right? Number one, they're looking for a deal for themselves. And sometimes it's it not, has nothing to do with a gift. It's just, I want, the, I want the TV for 50 bucks and all right, go wrestle whoever it is to get it. But, you know, you can go get it. But maybe and probably and certainly some are out looking for the perfect gift to give their spouse or maybe their children or the children, their parents, or you go down the line. Maybe a coworker, whatever the case may be. But what makes a gift the perfect gift? I'd say uh, it'd be wonderful if it was a, a good deal, right? That's what people are looking for. They want a good deal. Uh, that's why they go shopping at 1 o'clock in the morning on Thursday night or Friday night, whatever, whatever time they go. They're looking for a good deal. They're looking for a gift that is something they feel good about giving. All right, and here's another time for confession, all right? How many of you have ever received and given the gift that keeps on giving? You know what I'm talking about? The gift that someone gave to you, that you gave someone else, that they gave someone else, that just kept giving down the line. We want to be able to give someone something that, that we feel good about giving, right? Not something that, oh, just, oh I've got to have a gift real quick. So, we, you know, we're playing the white elephant gift-giving game. I put number three, we want to give a gift that's, that the other person wants, right? You want to give somebody something just to give it if it's not something that they need or want. And then fourthly, I put on my, in my notes, I said, man, a perfect gift would be a gift that, you know, you get a good deal on that you feel good about giving, that that person wants. And I think bottom line is that's something that would be helpful to that person in whatever way, physical, spiritual, emotional, the perfect gift. But do you know there are spiritual gifts that we can give that will impact people's lives in a way far, far greater than any tangible gift we could ever give? And so as we are in the middle of Black Friday weekend and we're heading into the Christmas season, we've just come out of the season of Thanksgiving, which, by the way, Thanksgiving is, is odd in America, isn't it? It's, it's, it's the only holiday where you give thanks all day and then people argue all night about trying to get the next best deal. And really, we, we laugh, and I do too, but it's really sad, isn't it, that that's the culture that we live in. But can I remind you this morning, in the next few moments... Not to forget the best gift-giving deals. And they're not, they don't cost you a dollar. Look at them with me in Luke chapter 2. The first one is this. When you think about giving people gifts this Christmas, and I hope you will, don't forget to give, and this one's obvious, don't forget to give the gift of the gospel. Don't forget to give the gift of the gospel. Look at Luke chapter 2 verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Unto you the Savior was born. Unto you the message was given. The Word of God came into your life. That's one of the reasons you're sitting in the pew here this morning. But folks, there are billions, billions of people on this planet. And we were reminded, weren't we, last Sunday morning? that there are billions of people on this planet who not only don't have the gospel, they don't even have a Bible. Man, what better gift? Listen, you could work two full-time jobs to give some, some tangible gift that's an amazing gift, but listen, it will rust, it will rot, it will decay, and when we leave this earth, there'll be none of it left. But when you give the gospel, that's, a, that's an eternal gift. Man, you Think about people in your own life, as I have this week in my own life, family members that are not saved. Family members that, some of which have, have have very little exposure even to a clear gospel presentation. Think about coworkers that you work with. Employees, employers. Think about people at the store where we're going shopping. You know, we live in a world where we get focused on what we're doing, don't we? Have you ever, um, has this ever happened to you where you are maybe walking through a store or riding down the road or in some kind of a crowded uh, sports setting or something and all of a sudden you look around and it, for a moment it's like a switch clicks and you see all of these people. And you're just overwhelmed with all of these souls that you see. walking around. Has that ever happened to you? Where you just see, wow, man, there are, there's a thousand, there's ten, there's 30,000 people in this stadium or in this building or in this. And these are all souls. And let's not forget this Christmas season to give people the gospel. That's what Christmas really was all about, wasn't it? The announcement was, the gospel has come to man. His name is Jesus Christ. He's left heaven and come to earth. And he's not just come to you. Remember what verse 10 said? And to all the world. Hey, first gift you should remember to give this Christmas is the gospel. And you know what? It doesn't cost you a penny because it's already been paid for. Gift number two. And it comes right out of the gospel, really. Look at chapter 2 of Luke, verse number 14. Verse 14. The angels' announcement, and we're familiar with this, right? When they, this host of angels appear, verse 14, they say, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Hey, I thought about this. And I think it will make perfect sense this time of the year. This Christmas season, give the gift of peace. Give the gift of peace. See what are you talking about? Um, yesterday I went to two stores yesterday looking for decoration items, and I walked into a uh, what's the what's the craft store beside Cole's? Michaels. I walked into Michaels and I turned around and walked out. It was it was a zoo in there. It was anything but peaceful, right? You've got all these signs hanging up saying uh, "Joy to the world, joy, peace, and this," and you're thinking. I mean there's people running over each other and it wasn't quite like you see on the news sometimes, but it was this is Michael's. I mean, come on, this is craft items. So then I went to Lowe's. And it wasn't quite as wasn't quite as bad. But But you know it's amazing, isn't it? The announcement at the at the at the birth announcement of Jesus, the reason that we celebrate Christmas. One of the things the angel is saying that God wants you to have is peace. On where? Peace on earth. In other words, God doesn't want us just to have peace when we're in heaven one day. He intended for the gospel, for Jesus Christ, to give us peace on the earth. Now, now, you've got to think about something for a minute. Was it a peaceful world that Jesus was being born into? We think it's getting bad in America. Try going back and living in Bethlehem at this time. You had any kids? Two years and younger, they're about to die. I mean, this was a very, very unpeaceful world that these angels are making this announcement to. And here, God wants man to find peace. Now, certainly we know without the gospel, without Jesus Christ, there is no true peace. So the way you give peace starts off with that first gift, giving the gospel, right? Giving someone the the ability to have peace with God. But are there some practical ways that we as Christians can give peace to the world around us in addition to just simply giving the gospel? I, in fact, I think the Bible commands us to do it. Listen to a few of these verses. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3. You don't have to turn there. I'm just going to read them because I'm going to go through quite a few. It says, Endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit, which is the bond of peace. He's talking to believers, to the church. He's talking about living in, in, filled with the Spirit, guided by the Spirit, and therefore in peace and, in, and joined together in peace with one another as the body of Christ. Man, what better time of the year to make sure you have peace with fellow believers than Christmas season, the season of that's supposed to be of Christ bringing the world peace. How about this one? Romans chapter 12, verse 18 says this, If it be possible... If it be possible, as much as life, then you live peaceably with some men. Is that what it says? With all men. Now, wait a minute. Aren't, aren't there some folks that it's just, it, it, human nature almost says, I'm not even sure I want to be at peace with that person. You said, did you really just say that? If your human nature is like mine, sometimes we can get animosity towards folks, can't we? And we're looking for the argument rather than looking for the peace. And here the scripture says, Paul, the apostle Paul, man, the great uh, proclaimer of Christ, the great persecuted one of Christ, says, As much as life in you, live peaceably with all men. How do you do that, though? In a world that we live in, in this culture that we live in, where things are chaotic, even in this Christmas season where there's no peace, what are some practical things you can do to give peace? I put down just a couple things. Maybe, maybe you would agree. I want to live out the peace of God in my mannerisms. How about your mannerisms? In other words, is it possible to display peace in the way we just live our life day to day? We can live um, worried and nervous and always concerned. True? Or we can live trusting God at peace. And giving the gift of peace by the way that we live. Just not even saying anything. Just the mannerisms that we live with. How about this one? Giving the gift of peace by responding to people peacefully. Responding to people peacefully. And certainly my intention there is people who maybe aren't trying to uh, generate a peaceful response. All right, how many of you had this happen to you this week? Don't raise your hand. Driving down the road, that car in front of you, you saw him, he just passed you in the right lane, he wasn't supposed to pass you in that lane anyway, and you're already getting upset. And there's just barely enough space for for anything to fit between you and the car in front of you, and here they come. You know what I'm talking about? They come over, and do you hit the brake or the gas? (laughs) I'm being silly, but you understand human nature is what I'm talking about. And in our human nature, because we still have to deal with this flesh, we can respond. We should spread the gift of peace by responding to people peacefully, shouldn't we? And human nature is not the first thing that usually says, oh, let me be peaceful about this response. But we can, we should. Give the gift of peace by responding peacefully. Hey, what about this one? I want to make things right with anyone that I have wronged. Giving the gift of peace in that way. Anyone that I have done wrong to, I want to make that right as soon and as quickly as possible. And then anyone that has done me wrong, I want to forgive them quickly and completely. Man, making, get the, and that, boy, boy, what a gift that is, right? Forgiveness. That's the gift that Jesus is offering through his death on the cross. Forgiveness for a whole humanity that had done God wrong. He said, I want to give you forgiveness and therefore give you peace. Man, give the gift of the gospel. Give the gift of peace this Christmas. Neither of them will cost you a dollar. All right, number three, give the gift of joy. Give the gift of joy. Listen, I I like walking in the store and seeing signs that say joy on them. I think, yeah, that's exciting. It's Christmas season, right? But listen, the sign hanging on the shelf, and even if you buy it and take it home, hang it on your wall, it's not automatically going to give you joy, is it? And it certainly isn't going to give somebody joy who doesn't even know Jesus Christ as their Savior. So we go back again to the gospel. Man, if I'm going to give someone peace, I've got to give them the gospel. If I'm going to give someone joy, it all starts with giving them the gospel. But again, there are practical things that we can do as Christians that spread joy, true joy. Listen, I would be the first to admit we live in a dark world. You're not going to turn any news channel on and get a whole lot of joy out of it most days. But you know, as Christians, we ought to be the ones that are spreading not a superficial joy, not a fake, false joy, but real joy. Because listen, we know the giver of joy, don't we? Listen to one evangelist. This is what one evangelist said about what he wanted to give at Christmas. He says this, As so many around us live lives filled with complaining and griping and covetousness, I want mine to be different. I want to give a life of joy. As I remember my blessings, I want to be a bright spot in an increasingly dark world. Man, we just came off Thanksgiving, didn't we? Boy, this is the weekend after Thanksgiving. Probably for most of us, our minds have already shot forward towards Christmas, right? Listen, our thankfulness, our joy, our smile, our genuine uh, uh, joyfulness in Christ and all the blessings He's given us shouldn't just be on Thursday, November the 28th or 7th, whatever it was. It should be every day, shouldn't it? Listen. That's one of the things that Christians, or excuse me, the unsaved world ought to see in us. Have you ever met a Christian and they were going through an incredibly difficult situation that maybe you had never been through, and yet they had such an impactful testimony because they had joy, even though you knew that inside they were so incredibly torn. I will never forget watching the parents of a three-year-old kid who was killed with cancer. This young man... Had cancer the same time I had cancer in Michigan, and I was 30 and he was three. And as the progression went, I was getting better and he was getting worse. And long story short, this little boy died before he right when he reached his fourth birthday. And I was about the same time told there's no more cancer. We talking about a wrestling match with your emotions. And yet, here I am talking to this child's father one day in the back of the church building we were in in the sound booth, and this dad is talking about how good God is. You're talking about a testimony of, uh, a powerful testimony that made me want to sit there and listen to what the next thing he was going to say was. It was that this dad who just lost his son, and listen, I'm not, I, don't want to, I don't want to make it something that's not, who cried buckets and buckets of tears at the same time was able to declare to me the joy that he had in God. Because listen, he knew where his son was. He was with God. He was in heaven with Jesus. He would one day be reunited with that little boy because of the gift of Jesus Christ, the little boy. See, we can have joy and we can give it. We can have peace and we can give it. We can have salvation and we can give it. All because of the gifts we were given at the manger. Number four, real quick. Give the gift of peace. Give the gift of the gospel. Give the gift of joy. Give the gift of light. Give the gift of light. I really don't even need to say anything about this, do I? Boy, we do live in a dark world. I mean, it is, it's discouraging sometimes, isn't it? I mean, it makes you just want to get rid of all the news inlets that you have. Digital, newspaper, television, anything. And sometimes we would like to be the ostrich that sticks our head in the ground and goes, I just don't want to hear any more of it. But you know what? We're the light. We are, Jesus is the one that said this, right? Ye are the, fill in the blank, light of the world. Jesus said, as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. But when I leave, he says, you. And he was literally talking to you. You. We are the light of the world, man. We, if, nobody, if, if Christians don't take the truth, which is the light, to the world, the darkness isn't going to get any better for sure. So instead of running and retreating and hiding and saying, oh, I don't want to hear any more of this, and man, I don't want to have to be out there in the middle of the world, it's getting so yucky and, and, and gross and sinful, and we ought to be out there spreading the light, shouldn't we? This Christmas season, don't get wrapped up so much in you, and your family, and your friends, that you forget about a world that needs the gift, the first gift, the greatest gift that was ever given, the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not telling you not to focus on your family, obviously. But don't forget to give the gift of light. How many of you like Christmas lights? How many of you put up Christmas lights? All right, I'm going to come drive by your house. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I like Christmas lights. It kind of makes you feel like a little kid when they start putting up Christmas lights each year, doesn't it? But you know what is sad to think about? There's a whole lot of people who hang up beautiful Christmas lights on the outside of their house every year, but they don't really have the light of life because they don't have Jesus Christ. Man, take somebody, not just a a momentary feeling, of oh, it feels good to see some Christmas lights, take them the light. You know how much it'll cost you? Nothing. One more. And this is the one you're going to like. Give the gift of presents. Give the gift of presents. Now, I'm not talking about presents that you wrap up. I'm talking about presents. In other words, your presence. You know what's interesting about Christmas season sometimes? <clears throat> From Thanksgiving to Christmas, sometimes people are so busy with with working extra hours to pay for their gifts with with doing all kinds of stuff going here going there doing this doing that that you know what they forget well, let me put it to you this way think back to when you were a kid if if you had to go a month with almost never seeing your parents because they were working overtime and working two or three jobs just to pay for you pay for some Exciting Christmas gift they were going to give you. Do you think that would be more meaningful to a kid? Or to have some time to spend with their parents? Instead of working, 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 working to give our kids presents that last for a moment. And you've experienced that, haven't you? Something, man, you remember back as a kid, you just couldn't wait to get this or that, and then in three, four, or five days, it was kind of like. Where'd that thing go anyway? Instead of working to give your kids a present that they'll forget, give them your presence that they'll never forget. Christianity is about a relationship, isn't it? Christianity is relationships. First this one, and then this one. That's why Jesus said the two great commandments are love God and love people, right? Because life is not about stuff and things and what we can heap up and what we can get. It's about relationships with God and relationships with people. So this Christmas season, give the gifts that cost you not a single penny, not a single dollar. The gift of the gospel, the gift of peace, the gift of joy, the gift of light in a dark world, the gift of your presence. Regent, what this same evangelist said about this. He says, I want to put down the phone. Oh, man, there's one we need to do, isn't it? I want to put down the phone and be present. I want to ask questions and sincerely discover how people are doing. You know what happens sometimes? And I'll be the first to admit it happens to me. I'll This is probably the one time I don't have my phone on me. You know what? We, we, have, we live in a culture that we're getting... Um, Almost um, indoctrinated in a sense, to where you can't go sit down and talk to somebody and have a face to face conversation without your brain thinking about 10 other things. Or at least without not continually checking your phone in your pocket. But you know what, man? We need to get back to a time where people actually care about spending time with people. It could be a spouse that's being neglected, it could be children, children, it could be parents. Listen, it could even be just some coworkers that you need to say, you know what, I need to quit pushing and just spend a little time with them. Especially if I'm trying to go back to that first gift, giving the gospel. You say, well, if this is all free, why, wouldn't we, why don't we do it more? Because to be totally honest, it doesn't cost you a dollar, but it does cost you something, doesn't it? But you know what this all comes back to? If you think about most of those things I just said, peace, joy, they're fruits of the what? Fruits of the spirit. In other words, human nature, our human flesh doesn't naturally do these things. Does human nature naturally give or take? Takes. Does human nature naturally um, want revenge or want to give forgiveness? Forgi- uh, revenge, right? Does human nature naturally look for strife or peace? It's strife. That's, that's our human nature. That's the flesh. So you know what the Bible actually teaches we have to do before we can give everybody else these gifts? We have to give ourselves to Jesus, don't we? See, we we sing songs about it and we talk about it, but the truth is this. If you don't and I don't give ourselves to Jesus, we won't give the world these kinds of gifts. Because yes, they don't cost us any dollars, but they cost us self they cost us our time. They cost us our energy. At times, giving the gospel, it might cost us a little embarrassment, right? It might cost us a little discomfort. And folks, I'm preaching to me while I'm preaching to you. This Christmas season, give presents. Man, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful thing. But give your presents. Give peace. Give joy. Give light. And you know if we do all that? We do that by giving Jesus Christ through our mouth, through our life, through the way we live every single day. That we're the same person when we're sitting in a pew on a Sunday morning at 12 o'clock as we are at work on Monday at 12 o'clock. People see in us something different. Something that gives them peace when they're not going through a peaceful situation. Something that gives them joy. When, they're not, when there shouldn't be joy there. A reason for them to smile when everything in the world at that moment is black and dark. It's Jesus Christ, isn't it? Hey, I know we're not at Christmas yet. I know there's still several weeks. I know you probably went, what, when we said Luke chapter 2 on the first Sunday of December? But you know what? For the next four weeks and for the rest of life, let's not get caught up in this stuff. There's a billboard down here. Maybe some of you have seen it. We put a billboard up about the church. And you'll see the slogan lots, especially if you're on any kind of Christian website for the next month. Jesus is the reason for the season. It is a slogan, I guess. But you know what? More than that, it's true. Don't get caught up in the stuff. Get caught up in the Savior this Christmas season. Let's ask God to help us do that. Amen. Father, we love you. And Lord, we are, Lord, thank you is not sufficient. Lord, just as that bulletin cover says, Lord, the gift that you gave is unspeakable. Lord, it doesn't, words do not do justice to the gift that you gave us. And I thank you, it could never be sufficient. But Lord, this morning, humbly and with hearts filled with gratefulness, we say thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ, our Savior. And Lord, I pray for every person in this room. Lord, it is so easy in the culture we live in to get caught up in what what everybody else is doing, what's going on in, in the world around us. Lord, to get so busy and so intertwined and involved in the Christmas culture that, Lord, we miss you. Lord, may that be different this Christmas. May that change. Lord, I pray that you help every single person in this room, the youngest to the eldest. Lord, may we in these next few moments take a few minutes Lord, to ask you to help us to give these gifts with all of our other giving to give peace and joy and light and our presence to show people we genuinely care about them. And Lord, most of all, to give people the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, I know my human nature and I know these folks are just like me, we need your help to do this. We need your help not to wake up tomorrow morning distracted. We need your help not to forget. And so right now, Father, humbly and gratefully, we come to you to thank you and to ask you to work in our hearts Lord, to help us to do the things you've burdened us and convicted us about in these last few minutes. So now, Father, I pray you'd work and I pray we'd respond to you Every eye closed, every head bowed. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Would you stand with me? I'm going to invite you just to simply do business with the Lord. If he's pricked your heart about something, if he's put his finger on some, some issue that we've talked about, or maybe more than one, in these next few moments as the piano plays, this is simply what we call it. This is the invitation. This is the opportunity for us to be invited to respond to the Lord now in the way he's dealt with our hearts these last few minutes. There's many ways you can respond. You certainly are welcome and invited to come and kneel here at the front. You can kneel at your seat. You could stand right there and pray and talk to the Lord. But can I invite you right now, push aside all the distractions, and just do business with God. Whatever way he's dealt with your heart this morning, you talk to him. or something you need help with, certainly we'd be glad to help you. That's what, one of the reasons we're here. i would be glad to meet you here at the front. If you say this morning, I'd, you keep talking about the gospel and salvation, I, I don't know what that is. I mean, we'd love to have the opportunity to share that with you this morning. You say, peace, I don't have any peace. Joy, I don't have any joy. You come let us help this morning. Take a Bible and show you the answer to those things. Father, we love you this morning, and Lord, we thank you so much for your gift of yourself. Lord, we thank you for your word that teaches us about this gift, teaches us how to live. And Lord, I pray that now we take the truth that we've been reminded of this morning, and we go and live it. Lord, help us not just to be hearers, but doers of your word, and I pray this today in Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a good afternoon, and hopefully you can join us again tonight at 6 p.m. God bless you.